Good evening. Good evening. How are you? How many of you are very fine? Let's have category of being fine. Those who are very fine. Let's be sure ones. Those who are just fine. And then those who are about to be fine. Okay, okay. So we, we are at fine and very fine. That is good. I thank God for this opportunity. Um, as we start our session today, I'd like we bow our heads, close our eyes, as we have an opening word of prayer. Let's pray. Precious Lord, once again I get to those moments when I need you more than ever before. But I need you to speak through me. And dear Lord, I ask at this point in time, I am weak, but I know you are strong. I may not be in a position to do the best, even if I put my very best. But God, even at my worst level, when you are at your best, I am glad. And now I ask that you may be seen. May you increase as I decrease. And speak to us in this hour. Precious Lord, if I had planned to say it and it is not appropriate for the hour, get it off the script. But for that which maybe I'd forgotten and you know it's necessary, bring it into play and speak to us through this week. That at the end of it, God, we may be able to stand for you. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to confess to all of you at the outset so that you don't find me strange. Uh, I am rarely a guided preacher. I rarely go by the script. It's so difficult, but I'll try through the course of this week. But despite that, I need to tell you where we are heading to. Our theme for the week is Here I Stand. And through this week, I want us to look at a number of characters in the Bible. Our overall character, as our study was, is Martin Luther. But again, I look at it, there's so much in the life of Martin Luther, which for us to study, we need to start from who is Martin Luther and where is he going. This week, I'm going to take a different approach in that I'm going to give us assignments. And the assignments I'm going to give us, I'm going to expect us to do the assignments. Because our studies would make more sense if we do the assignments. And one of the assignments I would like to ask us to do is to look for the book Great Controversy. The Reformation is not the Reformation without the book Great Controversy. So we'll need to look for the book Great Controversy. And I want us, through the week, we go through the book Great Controversy. The first chapter, as is commonly known by most of us, is on the destruction of Jerusalem. I'll not focus much on the destruction of Jerusalem, but we need to know something about the destruction of Jerusalem. As you go through, we will land ourselves through the beginning of the Dark Ages until we come to the time of the Reformation. And I want us to walk through this in the course of the week, in that as we study the book, The Great Controversy, we will be able to understand why we believe in some of the things we believe in. Just to give us a recap of the things we're supposed to get at the end of the week, we should be able to understand why we get our teachings from the Bible, why we believe in the Bible and the Bible only as the rule of faith. You see, uh, one of the challenges that we face currently is that people tend to 
believe in everything but the Bible. And that is strange. In fact, today I'll pick on a story in the Bible and look at some Bible character. I hope I'll get to that place after explaining about the Bible. Uh, I find that there are so many people who instead of focusing on what God wants us to focus on, we focus on other things. And the challenge is that when we don't focus on the important things in life and we focus on other things in life, we get our lives messed up. Allow me to ask rhetoric questions. Do you allow me? What are rhetoric questions? Questions that you don't answer publicly, okay? Just answer in your heart. I believe you're going to give yourself the most honest answer. Um, if you look at your prayer life, on a scale of 1 to 10, where does it fall? Mark somewhere. Even in your head. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you pray? Do you think you normally pray? In fact, who was that? Who was that? They, they, somebody, they, somebody was explaining somewhere. I think it was yesterday, and explaining to us that, you know, there are those who pray like they are going to the supermarket and they're giving God a shopping list. So in other words, you tell God, God, give me one, two, three, four, five. If God doesn't give, then he's not God. So look at your life. How is your prayer life? I know we are from, were you also having TMI? Total member involvement? When we're talking total member involvement, uh, actually having a week of prayer after total member involvement is a bit difficult for a preacher. Because almost everything that we are supposed to tell you in the week of prayer, you've already done them in TMI. In TMI, you've been taught so many things. And I hope you are all attending, isn't it? You are attending, isn't it? Or in this place, people uh, choose which ones to attend. There are those who attend Youth Week, and there are those who attend TMI, and there are those who attend Stewardship. That's how it is here. Okay. Don't make it like that. But when, when you are learning in TMI, one of the things, and, 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 and that's where this week's study, actually this week's study was supposed to have come, the, here I stand, should have come even before TMI. Let me explain. You see, you need to know where you stand before you go to evangelize to others. The problem is some of us, you're going to preach, and you're not even sure of what you believe in. Actually, you will go start preaching to somebody, and he asks you one question, then you're like, yeah, I think you're right. I think what we believe in, you know, I've also been questioning what the elder is saying. You, you can't get to that point in time. That's why when we're talking of here I stand, we are talking of what are the foundations of our faith? What are the things in which we believe? So that by the time we are going to share our faith with others, we already know what we believe in and why we believe in what we believe in. And if we don't know why we believe in what we believe in, then we have a problem. When you go through the Bible, no, let's not go to the Bible first. Let's go to the hymnal. Let's go to the hymnal. There's a song. There's a song I want to. There's a song I want to share with you. Uh, song number 272. Let's go to 272. Read the words of 272. 272, written by Priscilla J. Owens, says, Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming, to cheer the wanderer lone and tempest-tossed. No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming since Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Says, Give me the Bible, when my heart is broken, when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear. 
Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken. Hold faith's lamp to show my Savior near. Listen to the next words. Give me the Bible. All my steps enlightened. Teach me the danger of these realms below. That lamp of safety over the gloom shall brighten. That light alone, the peace, the path of peace can show. Give me the Bible. Holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible. Beloved, the word of God is inspired. And the word of God is the rule of all our teachings. Let me tell you, um, in, in, in talking about the word of God, let's turn to the book of Psalm, the 119th Psalm. In Psalm 119, I like how David and all these other writers of the Psalms, they put in a lot of wisdom packaged in a small place. And at times you can look at Psalm 119 and you wonder, why is it that Psalm 119 always has these eight sections? They're up to verse 176, eight sections each, eight sections each. But let me just pick a few that are relevant to us at this moment. Wherewithal, Psalms 119 verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The youth week of prayer talks about here I stand. In other words, I should know what is the foundation of my belief. But the question is asked, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The answer is there. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. And so it says, when I want to know that I am walking in the right way, I must take heed according to your word. And beloved, this is very important, especially if you are living in the 21st century in Kenya. Because things have become so bad. Things have become so bad. I, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I think in the course of this week I may repeat it so many times. But I don't like it because nowadays, nowadays I think uh, youths have gone into so much of things that don't make sense. Let me give you an example. Have you heard of gambling? Sports Pesa and those kinds of nonsense. Youths have really gone into those things so badly. As in, are you so poor that you have to go and bet? Beloved, even if life consisted of chance, even if everything in life was that chance, True or false? Can't you have your chance on the word of God? Why must people bet? But you see, everyone will not stand on the word of God, but people will prefer to go and bet their lives, bet their money, do all those things. And so here you will come to church and then you are told, we have contributions for uh, doing one, two, three in church. And that 200 bob looks so big. And strangely enough, you've been betting sports pesa since last year, and you've never even won one bob. As in, I don't know, I don't know, it, it makes no sense. There's also the other side, you may have won, isn't it? By the way, how, how do you pray to God that you win a gamble? How? Doesn't it even sound strange? You want to start play, praying, then you're like, dear God, you know, uh, this team is playing today. And I put my money on this team. As in, as in, it makes even no sense. 
But you know, that is where we've put our hopes. Sorry to say. But here the question is asked, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to your word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The psalmist says, I have sought for the Lord with my whole heart. I will ask you, have you sought for the Lord with your whole heart? <laughs> or you're seeking for the Lord and you're, you're also seeking for other things. Listen to what it says in verses 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. Amen. Do you get that? He says, your word have I hid in mine heart. Allow me to ask a simple question. I said, almost all my questions through the week will be rhetoric. If it's a question I want you to answer by a show of hands, I'll tell you. But let me ask another simple question. How many Bible verses have you committed to memory? As in, the ones you just know. If you are asked right now, give a Bible study. Do you have verses you've committed to memory? Yeah, it says, your word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So I, I know people will say, okay, preacher, so what is wrong with? Uh, have you ever had such kinds of questions? Nowadays, youths don't ask you what is right. As in, I, I like one day when people will just come to church and ask, what is right with reading the Bible? Everyone will always ask, what is wrong with listening to this kind of music? What is wrong with uh, drinking? What is wrong with this? What is wrong? And people ask all what is wrong until you're wondering, are we specializing in what is wrong? Are we interested in knowing what is wrong to the point we don't want to know what is right? And that's why when he says, your word have I hid in my heart, let me tell you, the moment you hide the word of God in your heart, all the what is wrong, you will know them. You won't ask what is wrong. You will tell people this is wrong. You know, it's, it's just the same way. Uh, you, you'll ask yourself, and, and, and that's why when you look at the story of Martin Luther, as, 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 as we're looking at his story in a nutshell through the week, Martin Luther is one character. You look at his life, and people admire Martin Luther. Martin Luther was not even a Seventh-day Adventist. But people, even Seventh-day Adventists, admire Martin Luther. Reason being, he was able to stand for what he knew was right. And that is what we need to learn. We need to learn to stand for that which is right. So that we don't go around being swayed by everything, left, front, right, center. In fact, look at the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's read from verse 15. It says, And thou hast known the Holy Scripture from your youth, or from your childhood, rather. It says that, that from a child you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. If you want to be saved, if you want to be wise unto salvation, you must be able to know the Holy Scriptures. But it says, and that from a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. That are able to make you wise. And then it goes ahead to say, 
all scripture is given of inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Those are the purposes of the word of God. You know, because the preacher came and used the Bible for reproof, don't think that he doesn't have correction. Because he used it to correct you, doesn't mean it cannot be able to give you instruction in righteousness. And doesn't mean that it cannot be able to give you instruction concerning doctrines. The thing is this, every church is based on a given doctrine. But you need to know, do I belong to the true church? Study again the doctrines, go to the word of God. And when you read it, it says, that are able to make you wise and salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen? Amen. Did you get that? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In fact, uh, we'll talk about faith. Let's talk briefly about works as well. In fact, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 up to 17, it combines faith and works in just that instance. Explaining to us how the Bible puts faith and works in one use. That's why it says, that are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith. Then it says, all scriptures is given for one, two, three, four, that you may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That is the aim of God. And God has designed that his people should know what is the perfect and good thing to be able to do. And where has he put all these things? The perfect things, he has put them in his word. And the reason God puts this in his word is so that when we study the word of God, we may be able to appreciate why we do what we do and how we do it. Let me tell you something. When you read, when you read uh, the Bible, there are several things that you come across. And you will notice something. Everything in the Bible is for our learning. Have you ever known that? If you read, read with me Romans chapter 15. Read Romans 15 verse 4. In Romans 15 4, listen to what it says. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. God has said, I wrote these things so that you through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. What am I developing? As I told you earlier on, the problem is, it's not that we don't have the scriptures. It's only that we don't follow the word of God. We don't listen to God when God speaks. We go to other things when God's commands are direct and plain. And the moment we will sway away from the word of God. What does the book of Psalm 119 verse 105 say? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you know there's something I noticed when I was reading uh, uh, in the books, in the Bible, about the prophets, the prophets. You'll always hear the prophets, it says, the word of the Lord came unto so and so. 
So he said, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the son of Amos. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet. The word of the Lord came to so and so. When the word of the Lord comes to a person, what do you do with the word of the Lord? The problem is at times, God speaks, then what do we do? We go to other things. When the word of the Lord speaks, please, let's listen to the word of the Lord. In a nutshell, I, I, I'm, I'm even seeking to put this in a very short form. Let's just have God at his word. And how does God speak to us? Through his word. His word, the Bible. The word of the Lord came. And when the word of the Lord comes, please listen to the word of the Lord. Let me share with you a story of somebody who refused to listen to the word of the Lord. I'm of this belief. And it's a strange belief. But just listen to it. I'm of this belief that when God speaks, don't spend a lot of time analyzing whether it makes sense. Okay? Because it's God who makes sense. Don't start analyzing. You know, the moment you start analyzing whether God makes sense, it means you're the one who is God to yourself. Because you believe that, no, 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 God, that one, I think even what you wrote in the Bible, you didn't get it right. You think you're God? By the way, God does not... In fact, when you read the book of Isaiah, it says that the word of the Lord must perform that for which it was sent. It does not return to the Lord void. When God speaks, you don't edit what God has spoken. And let me tell you, if God speaks and you refuse to listen to the word of the Lord, what will happen to you, you won't like it. Let me capture this in a story so that I put this to rest. Turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 20. The word of the Lord. In fact, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it says that the word of the Lord is sharper than a double-edged sword. When God speaks, let's listen. Martin Luther believed in what he called sola scriptura, the Bible and the Bible only, God's word only. When God speaks, I want us to listen. Let me give you an example from uh, the book of 1 Kings chapter 20. Turn to that place and read it. It's, it, it's a climactic story, 43 verses, and go quickly through it, then we just put this to rest. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together. And there were 32 kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went and besieged Samaria and warred against it. Let me ask a question. God's children were the children of Israel, true or false? Isn't it? But now the enemies have come and have besieged Samaria. And listen to what the Bible says. He sent messengers, this is Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, to Ab, the king of Israel, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, thy silver, thy gold is mine. Your wives and your children, even the goodliest, are mine. Do you get that? Imagine somebody comes to your house tomorrow and tells you that your money, your bank account is mine. Your silver is mine. Your gold is mine. Even your children and your wives are mine. 
He has sent for you an SMS. What do you do with such a person? And here, listen to this. And I want you to capture this because God is going to speak somewhere. And when God speaks, let's listen. And let me tell you, the devil is the one who speaks like Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria. He's the one who comes and tells you that everything you have, I want to take it. He says, they are mine. And listen, and the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to your saying, I am thine and all that I have. Beloved, that is how cowards speak. The devil threatens you with a small thing, and then you say, uh, don't worry, all of us are yours. As in, everything we have is yours. And when he had said this, the Bible says, the king of Israel answered that way, the messengers came again and said, thus speaketh Ben-Hadad. And let me tell you something, beloved. Don't allow the devil to come into your life, okay? The moment you start allowing the devil, he will come again and demand for more. Ben-Hadad, the first time he said, your silver, your gold, and those things are mine. Now he says, although I have sent unto thee, saying, thou shalt deliver me your silver, your gold, and your wives, and your children, yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow at about this time. And they shall search your house, the house of your servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in their eyes, they shall put in their hand and take it away. Now, when that was spoken, I think the king of Israel now started getting scared. In fact, the Bible says in verse 7, it says, And the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Mark, I pray you, and see how this man seeketh mischief. For he sent unto me for my wives, for my children, my gold and my silver, and I denied him not. And all the elders and all the people said unto him, Hearken not unto him, nor consent. Wherefore he said unto the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king, All that thou didst send your servant at first I will do, but this thing I will not do. The messengers departed and brought him word again. Now this word is coming from Ben-Hadad, isn't it? So here is a back and forth between the king of Israel and Ben-Hadad. And I want you to get something. Ben-Hadad here stands for the devil. The devil also has instructions he normally gives. As I was giving you a joke about um, sports pesa and the likes, you know what happens about sports pesa? It starts with a small money. It tells you, put a little thing here. And then after you started with 50 bob, you will continue until one day you will take your school fees and put it on sports pesa. Hoping that your school fees can double so that you have pocket money and school fees. Oh, beloved, the day that school fees will all go to the drain. And then now you don't know whether to go home or, or to go to school. And then, let me tell you, the devil is funny. After you've lost your money, he tells you, go lie. And you go and lie. And when you lie, your parents get mad, but they give you another pocket money with warning. Then you say, no, surely, you know... I lost that amount. If I get back, if I invest this one in sports person, I can get now triple. Then I return to my dad the first money that he gave me. And then I give this one. God, please help me this time around. Please, beloved, don't joke with God. And that's why when you behave that way with Ben Haddad, he will ensure that he deals with you properly. Listen to what it says. And it came to pass 
Ben-Hadad sent unto him and said unto him, The gods do so unto me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for the handfuls of all the people that follow me. The king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, let him that guardeth on his harness boast not, boast himself as he that putteth it on, off. Sorry. And it came to pass, when Ben-Hadad heard this message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilions, he said unto his servants, Set yourselves in array. And they set themselves in array against the city. Now, beloved, get this part clearly. Now, Ben-Hadad has said, we are going to fight. I, I normally like calling this on the three end of messages. He has said, we are going to fight. So prepare for the battle. He has told his people, you prepare. There are like two kings that were with him. He has told them, prepare. We are going to beat Israel properly. And you know what happens? Listen to the next word. And behold, verse 13, there came a prophet unto Ahab, the king of Israel. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, when you are in trouble, when the devil wants to fight against you, God sends a prophet to assist you. And here the Bible says, there came a prophet unto Ahab, the king of Israel. Now God has sent a prophet to Ahab to speak to the king of Israel. The Bible says, as you continue to say, saying, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith who? The Lord. Beloved, when God speaks, listen to God. When God wants, listen to God. The problem with us is when we are told a plain, thus saith the Lord, we start questioning it. He's just saying, but I think, I, 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 think, I think that verse means this. Beloved, how do you think? God has said in the book of Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. You think you can think what God thinks? Oh, no, 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 no. Beloved, beloved, just stay as a human being. Understand where you are. He says, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it in thine hand this day, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Amen? Amen. When God speaks, he wants us to understand that he is the Lord. When God speaks through his word, when God gives instructions, he's giving instructions not because he's just trying to play about, but he speaks so that we can see what is happening and we know that he's the Lord. And God's word is powerful, beloved. God's word is powerful. I don't even need to change what I'm talking about to explain to you how powerful God's word is. But let me tell you, he spoke and things happened. When God was creating, he said, let there be, and there was. The winds and the waves shall obey my will. Peace be still, peace be still. When he speaks to the waves, they keep quiet. And you, God speaks to you, and you don't want to keep quiet even in church. What's wrong with us? Look at mankind, it's strange. God speaks and tells the trees that today don't move. They keep quiet. He tells the rain, now you can fall. And the rain falls. And you, you, you a human being just walking here. God tells you, come for the week of prayer. So who is preaching? No, beloved. When God speaks, listen to God. When God is speaking to you, the problem is we like questioning God. 
Now listen, he said, this day, I am going to deliver these people into your hand and you will know that I am the Lord. Beloved, when God gives you victory, it's for you to give him glory. In most of the cases, even, and let me tell you, when you study God's word, God's word is full of promises. And the reason God puts these promises in his word is so that we can study his word, claim the promises, and see the results. Reason being, you don't claim the promises of God. I, I even get challenged. I ask myself, could it be the reason some of our prayers are not answered is because we don't even pray biblically? Try, try, try and remind God of what he said. Just tell God, God, you are the one who said, I shall not go hungry when you don't have money. And see God working. But you see, the problem is, we always just want God to do the things we want. We don't want to study his word to know what he says. Listen to this. It says, and have said, when he was told that tomorrow I'm going to deliver these people into your hand. And he was told, and have said, by whom? And he said, Thus saith the Lord, even by the young men of the princess of the provinces. Amen. Amen. God is going to use young men to bring deliverance. Youths, listen to me. It's not about age here. When God wants to bring deliverance, the word of God has spoken, and God is going to use young men. The world is in need of young men who will spread the gospel. We are talking of TMI. Let me tell you, some of these old people are old. And I know we as the youths, we normally come up and say, ah, these old people, they are too tired. They are using methods they should use at home. Listen, if you know the methods they should use, which are biblical, why can't you come and use them? The old people with the old methods they are using, they are bringing saints to Christ. You young people, what are the methods you are using to bring saints to Christ? Nothing. The only thing you know how to do is post on Facebook your latest photos and such. Beloved, 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 please use Facebook in the best way. Just do something. Do something. If you have WhatsApp, use it in the right way. In fact, one of the best things you should do, some of the things you learn in sermons like this, go put them on WhatsApp. You're so busy forwarding all the other things apart from the word of God. Please, beloved, let's even get an opportunity of forwarding the word of God. We forward everything, everything we are forwarding, we are forwarding, we are forwarding. The word of God is sent to you, you don't even read, you skim through it, then you don't forward. Be careful. Listen to this. He was asked, by whom? He was told, by the young men of the princess of the province. And he said, who shall order the battle? And he was told, you. Beloved, God will not do your work. We are waiting for God to come and start preaching. No, you are the one who is going to do it. Even when God is bringing deliverance, he needs humanity to cooperate with divinity. And then you'll see deliverance. But you're seated back saying, okay, I know God is able. I know my Lord is able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through, to carry you through. It is able, but who is willing to be used by the Lord? And let me tell you something, beloved, it would be so bad. Actually, if you check properly, this youth week of prayer, it's supposed to always go in tandem with the global youth day. Be the salmon. You've always heard of it. Be the salmon. Beloved, God wants to use you. And that's why when he says, here I stand, 
He needs somebody who can stand. And that's why most of the times we are waiting for God to do things which human beings should do. Let me tell you, there are things that are supposed to be done by humans, beings, and we are the ones to do them. Not God. God is going to use us to do them. And let me tell you, if you read the book Acts of the Apostles, it says God could even send angels who have not seen to come and preach, but God designs that in seeking to reach mankind, he uses human beings, men of like nature, to reach them. You know, when an angel comes and speaks to you, some of us even say over here that if an angel came today to preach, I will give my life to Jesus. You are lying. You are lying. You've never even seen an angel. How will you know that's an angel? Listen, first of all, when we tell you how angels look like so that you know the angel. And a preacher tells you characteristics of angels and you're like, no, I need an angel to come speak to me. Beloved, you don't know what you're calling for. When the angel will come, you'll say, God, I was joking. This is terrible. And let me tell you, a sinner, a sinner does not need an experience with the angel. Have an experience with Christ first. He's the archangel. Listen to this in verse 15. He numbered the young men of the princes of the province, and they were 232. And after them, he numbered all the people, and even the children of Israel, there were 7,000. And they went out at noon, but ben was drinking himself drunk in the pavilion, he and the kings and the 32 kings that had helped him. The young men of the princes of the provinces went out first, and ben went out. And they told him, saying, these men are come out of Samaria. And he says, whether they become out for peace, take them alive. Whether they become out for war, take them alive. So these young men of the princess came out of the city. The army followed them. And they slew everyone, his man, and the Syrians fled. And Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Israel, escaped on a horse with the horsemen. Beloved, when God wants to use his people... Remember I told you when the word of the Lord comes, listen to God speaking. And listen to this. It says, And the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and the chariots and slew the Assyrians with great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him. Did you get this? Who came to the king of Israel? The prophet. And the prophet started speaking at the beginning when he told him that, Listen, I am warning you right now. Go tomorrow. You will fight. The word of the Lord has said, I will give you deliverance. Beloved, do you know people despite the prophets nowadays? How many of you have heard of uh, LNG White? You've heard, you've heard, not that you know. I know you'll say, I don't know her. You've just heard. Okay, put down your heart. Let me tell you, if there is one person who is so despised nowadays, it is LNG White. People despise LNG White. They don't even want... Most of the people who are even talking negatively about Ellen G. White have not even read about her. Read even one book. And I have given us an assignment. Through this week, we are starting with chapter 1, Great Controversy. Monday is chapter 1. Tuesday is chapter 2, okay? And we'll be checking in the evening. If the assignments are difficult, fail to come to class or come late, okay? It will be easier that way. You know, you, you know that that's how you time the lecturer. If you know that he's going to ask difficult questions from the assignment, class or you just fail to come. But this week, great controversy. The prophet of the Lord is being despised. And let me tell you, you make a quotation from the pen of inspiration, people even start questioning you. 
They even label you as a fanatic. People don't want to hear about Ellen White. But here the prophet gave instruction. And let me tell you, if God has something, he will tell his servants the prophets. You've read Amos chapter 2, verse 8. And you know these things. Listen to this. It says, the prophet came to the king of Israel after they had fought. You know, at times when you get a small victory, you feel like all is well, isn't it? But, beloved, even when God answers your prayer for one day, keep on praying. When God answers your prayer, keep on doing your Bible study. When the prophet has warned you of how you're going to get victory, after the victory, still listen to the prophet. Listen to what the prophet said. The prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go, strengthen yourself and mark and see what you do. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee. Amen? Prophets normally give warnings. Beloved, prophets give warnings. They tell you. And listen to what he has said. And this is what the pen of inspiration does to us. When you read SOP, SOP tells you, Mark, strengthen yourself at the return of the year. Let me tell you, the devil normally tempts people. That's why when you study God's word, when you give your life to Jesus and you study God's word, strengthen yourself. Keep on studying. You don't study and then you keep quiet on that. And listen to this. He says, Mark, at the return of the year, he will come. And then listen. I love this one. The servants of the king of Syria said unto him, They are gods. That is the gods of Israel. Are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than us. Do you get that? Their gods were the gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we. But let us fight with them against the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. You know, some people don't understand who God is. Do you think God is determined by the power of God? The higher you go, the stronger he becomes. Can terrain, can terrain define the power of God? As in position? No. But the children of Syria thought that God, God's power is limited to the mountains. So let, let us confuse their God. Let's go down, let's go down. When you go down th th this side, you will not be able to do anything. And let me tell you, it takes a foolish king to take such kinds of advice. But he says, and do this, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms. And number thee an army like the army that thou hast lost, Horse for horse, chariot for chariot, will fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice and did so. Then now listen, beloved, I love this one. It says, and it came to pass at the return of the year. That Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up to effect to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went up against them. The children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the whole land, country. Let me tell you, our God, it's not about numbers. It's not about terrain. It's about God. It's about who is giving instructions. And let me tell you, this was look like two little flocks of kids. You know kids? You know kids? Watoto wa some little flocks. They said the other ones, they filled the whole country. 
And let me tell you, in my sanctified imagination, I, I just look at it. If I was in that congregation, I would have told them, Beloved, we lost the war before we started. But let me tell you, if God is on your side, who can be against you? And listen, it says, and I love this one. I wanted you to notice this one. It says, and there came a man of God. Amen? Amen. When you're in trouble, listen to God. Remember the first one who came was who? A prophet. Now, a man of God is coming. And I'll tell you why the Seventh-day Adventist Church gives us three. First angel's message came. Now we have the second angel's message. Now listen to the second angel's message. There came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord who is speaking. Beloved, the children of God must know the word of God when God speaks. Thus saith the Lord, and this is God speaking. The Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen? Amen. Every time when God is delivering, it's for us to know that he is the Lord. Do you know the reason as to why God at times doesn't give us success? Because we will think we were the ones who are doing it. You know, at times you can sit back and you say, ah, all these people who have given their lives to Jesus, it's because I know good English. Beloved, with all your English, then all English teachers will be preachers, isn't it? No. It's not English. It is God working. And that's why he says, when I deliver this great multitude into your hand, you will know that I am the Lord. And listen to this part. It says, and they pitched one over against and the other seven days. And so it was in the seventh day the battle was joined. The children of Israel slew of the Assyrians 100,000 footmen in one day. And you think it's a joke? When God is fighting on your side, beloved, it's serious. In fact, the Bible says, the rest fled to a fake into the city. And there a wall fell upon them. And, and I don't understand this. The wall fell upon 27,000 that were left. How big was the wall? You, you, you know, at times when I read the Bible, I want to understand these things. How can a wall kill 27,000 people? Okay, I don't know. The, the Great Wall of China. <laughs> well, that wall must have been so big. And let me tell you, when God is fighting against you, even the wall you go to, will be a source of killing you. Because God had said, you know, they, 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 will, they will have even said that uh, their God fights in the valleys, but not on the walls. God sorted them on the walls. And it says, after this, Ben-Hadad fled and came into the city, into an inner chamber. Now the king has hidden himself. His servant said unto him, Behold, now we have heard that the king of Israel, they are very merciful king. Let us, I pray you, Put on a sackcloth on our loins and ropes on our heads and go to the kings of Israel. Peradventure, he will save our lives. So they gathered sackcloths on their loins. They put on ropes on their heads. They came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben Hadad said, I pray you, let me live. And he said, Is he yet alive? He is my brother. Beloved, somebody has been seeking to kill you. Then you call him your brother. And God has brought him up to your house. They are saying, is he still alive? 
And then he said, he is my brother. And listen to this. Listen to this. You know, beloved, don't have the devil as your brother. Listen to what it says. Uh, is my brother. Now, the men did diligently observe whether anything will come from him, and they did hastily catch it. And they said, your brother Ben Haddad, even those people, they, they picked that word, your brother Ben Haddad. Then he said, go bring him. Then Ben Haddad came, and he caused him to come up to the chariot. Ben Haddad said unto him, the cities which your father took from, my father took from your father, I will give you. And you shall make streets as my father made in Samaria. And I have said, I will send you away with this covenant. And he made a covenant with him and sent him away. Now, let me finish with this part. Verse 35. You know, I, 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 love, I love God for one thing. God is consistent. Have, have you ever known this? God is consistent. He doesn't change his word. The first person who came was the prophets. You saw that? The next person who came with a message was the man of God. Now there's a third person who is coming in in verse 35. And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor. Which one is it? This? Okay, it's off. Now, now, now listen to this. This one is, this is those moments I call when God goes dramatic. When God sees that you're so hard-headed, he has to do something that will even wake you up. And listen to this. It says, a certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor, in the word of the Lord. In the word of whom? Listen to this. I told you when God gives instructions, and I told you, if God says right now that all who are in this church rush through this wall, do you know what we should do? We rush. <laughs> Let me tell you, if God tells me, chief, jump through the wall, my duty is to jump. It's God's duty either to make a hole, to make me to be absorbed inside. That is God's duty. Your duty is to follow the word of the Lord. Don't question the word of the Lord. And now I want to give you an example of somebody who goes around questioning the word of the Lord and what is done to him. In the word of the Lord, this person said, in the word of the Lord, smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. Oh, you don't understand it. That is difficult King James English. Difficult King James English says, this guy came and told the brother, pick a machete, pick a panga. And I want you to pick this panga, and in the word of the Lord, take that panga and chop my head. Beloved, if somebody met you in the street and told you that, what would you say? Uh, excuse, let God speak to me first. <laughs> oh, a certain man of the sons of the prophet said to his name, in the word of the Lord, chop me. Smite me. And he refused to smite him. And listen to what the Bible says. Then he said unto him, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? When God speaks, it's our duty to obey. So he's being told, because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, as soon as you have departed from me, a lion shall slay you. Hey, that's serious. He told him, beat me up. And he refused to beat him. Then he was told, because you have refused the word of the Lord, a lion is going to meet you on the way and will slay you. 
A lion is going to kill you. The Bible says, as soon as he was departed from him, a lion found him and slew him. Beloved, you're still joking with the word of God? Are you still joking with the word of God? Are you seeing things that are happening to people who are busy joking with the word of God? And let me tell you, when it is the word of the Lord, don't start looking for, does it make sense to me? Just follow the word of the Lord. The Bible says that he found another man. I like this. The first one he told, and let me tell you, if, if you are five people on the road, he finds the first one, smiting, he refuses. A lion will eat you up. He lives here, a lion comes from there, eats him up. Then the lion relaxes. <laughs> now you're the next person, you're told, smiting. You start asking questions. <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says, if you read, it says, and he found another man and said unto him, smite me, I pray thee. The man smote him, so that in smiting him, he wounded him. Beloved, I want you to know why God goes dramatic and why a certain man of the sons of the prophets has to go walking around with a terrible wound. Because somebody refused to obey the word of the Lord. So God has to be so dramatic to the point that God takes a certain man of the sons of the prophets so that he can be beaten by another man. He's smitten and when he's smitten, he's left with a wound. So that somebody can learn a lesson. And there he has a wound on his head. Ah, I like telling people, if I was the man, if I was the other man, Beloved, and I have seen the first man has been eaten by a lion. I would, have, I would have smote him properly. I would have taken that pang and even done some exercises before smiting him so that when I smite him, he will know that I have smitten him. He will know that I have smitten him properly. And let me tell you, it says, So the prophet departed. This is strange. As if you've gone, you're beaten, and then he departs. And waited for the king by the way. And disguised himself with ashes upon his face. So the certain man of the sons of the prophets, with a wound on his head still terribly bleeding, goes and puts ashes on his face. Then sits by the way, waiting for the king of Israel to come. When the king of Israel comes, he says, and the king passed. And he cried unto the king and he said, your servant went out in the middle of the battle. And behold, a man turned aside unto him and brought a man unto me, saying, Keep this man. If by any means he be missing, then you shall your life be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Then listen to verse 40. I love it. It says, and as your servant was busy here and there. As your servant was busy here and there. What happened? He was gone. Beloved, listen to what the king of Israel said. The king of Israel said, so shall thy judgment be. Yourself you've decided. And he stood and took away the ashes from his face. And the king of Israel discerned that he was of the prophets. And he said unto him, 
Thus said the Lord, because you have left to go out of your hand a man whom God appointed for utter destruction, therefore shall your life go for his life and your people for his people. Beloved, what is my message in capsule form? Listen to this. When God gives an instruction, when God gives an instruction, listen to God's instruction. The problem is most of us are busy here and there. Too many things. We don't even have time for Bible study. Why? While your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And that is the problem right now. We are too busy here and there. We are too busy doing this, doing that, to the point we don't have time for the word of God. And let me tell you, if because of the word of God, somebody was beaten that much. And if, for the word of God, do you know that God has a purpose for which he sends his word? Let's read my last verse. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 55. One of my best chapters in the Bible. In Isaiah 55, it says, verse 1, Ho! Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yeah, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Beloved, you're spending money on useless things. As I told you, where are you putting your money? Are you investing in the Lord or on things that do not have value? Why are you spending money on things that can't satisfy? You are busy here and there and not doing God's word. And not studying God's word. You are busy. Hearken diligently unto me. Eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear your soul and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure masses of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander of the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knowest thee not shall run unto thee, because the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is what? Near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God. And he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways your ways. He says. For as the heavens are higher. Than the earth. So are my ways than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down. And the snow from heaven. And returns not thither. But watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give food, seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goeth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Amen? Amen. The word of the Lord. Three times the word of the Lord came to the king of Israel. 
and he despised the word of the Lord. What happened? He was busy here and there. Busy entertaining the devil instead of taking the word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can joke with the word of the Lord and still gain success. But one day, one day, if you're there for the lesson yesterday, you are taught about the unpardonable sin, isn't it? One day, the Holy Spirit will leave you. Let me tell you, we are a people who are founded on the word of the Lord. And I want to tell you, I'm using a number of stories this week to try and capture the lessons we have for the week. The lesson for today that I want you not to forget, take the word of the Lord seriously. I see somebody who was busy here and there and did not do his duty. Today, somebody here is too busy for the Lord. In fact, I was listening to some someone and the preacher was saying that Sister White has written somewhere that those who are too busy for the Lord, if you are too busy to pray, if you are too busy to study God's word, you are so busy than the way God wants you to be busy. As in, you've exceeded what God allowed you to be busy. If you are too busy until you can't get time to pray, you are too busy until you can't get time to study the word of the Lord, you are too busy for life. Let's rise up as I close. You look at your life and you think you've been busy here and there. Today, I look at my life and I say, the Christian cannot survive without his Bible. In fact, I, I read somewhere, I read somewhere they were talking about Martin Luther and uh, what he was saying about the word of God. And Martin Luther was making it clear that a Christian who does not do Bible study or who does not study God's word is like somebody who is attempting to live without breathing. You need the word of God. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. We've been too busy here and there. Today I'm asking, let's consider our lives. Let's look at our lives. We may have been too busy for the Lord. And we need to change that. This week should mark a change from being too busy for the Lord. Let's close our eyes as we bow our heads and I want to pray. With our eyes closed, our heads bowed down, I'm making an appeal. Is there somebody in the congregation? You're looking at your life, you feel like you need to improve on your Bible study and your prayer life. Put up your hand and pray with someone. Today it's so simple, just prayer and Bible study. As I'm going to pray, I want you also to pray for yourself. Because we need to hide God's word in our hearts. We need to know the Lord and we need to know when God speaks and listen to God when he speaks. I need to pray that God continue speaking to us through his word. Let's pray. Dear Lord, the Bible and the Bible only is our rule of guide. We want to keep it that way. We trust in you. We trust that God, you cannot give us instructions that are too difficult for us to attain them. 
God, we may have been neglectful of Bible study or prayer, but as we start this week, we are opening our hearts to you. We are saying, God, we want to pray. We want to do Bible study. We want to know you. We want to experience you. God, I pray for all of us, myself included. God, use me through this week. And for those who have been able to attend, I thank you for them. God, I don't take it for granted. People are busy. People have things that are committing them. But they've made time to come for this week of prayer. God, thank you for them. May you help them to continue coming. Guide them that they may be able to come still. And God, I'd like to pray that may you encourage those who have not been able to make it to come as the week progresses and also to invite their friends. God bless us all. Keep us safe and keep on teaching us and speaking to us. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all and God keep you all safe.